Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We could stay awake just to watch these movies. Watch him smile while she's sleeping. Even if it's kind of creepy. We could spend our nights and have the ever after. And we'll cry and you can clean me forever. Every wrong come we can too Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at Hello, I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Michael Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And today we watched Pretty Woman. I have so many thoughts about this movie, but first I want to know, have you guys seen this movie before? I had never seen this before. That's insane to me, Paige. I had never seen it. Uh, I texted my, I was talking to my dad and I was like, oh yeah, I got to watch Pretty Woman this week. He's like, oh, you're going to hate it. Yeah, I bet he was right. (laughs) I bet he was right. Here's the funny thing. This is my dad just understanding who I am as a person and the weird justice bone I have in my body. Yeah. And because he texted at one point, he's like, yeah, you're going to hate how Richard Gere basically gets away with not changing at all. And yeah. somehow it's all her fault. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, Fuck this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I, um. Uh, not a huge fan. I was, Mikey and I were talking earlier, and I do think that they're, with some rewrites, this could be a very good movie. I honestly think they should remake it. Not mad at that. Yeah. I've never seen this movie before. Really? I really liked it, but uh, yeah. I, I will admit there's a lot of problems. Yes. But So I, re- I read about it, and it started off, the first draft, like the, like the <gasps> script was going around Hollywood. Yes! Mikey. Yeah, you, you know this one? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, say it. Say it. I, say it. I don't. Please. It was it. called 3000. Yeah. Okay. And it was a dark, gritty tale of like prostitution and drugs. Yeah. Here for it. Part of her agreement with staying him for a week was that she couldn't use cocaine. Oh, and so she's like kicking? 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, frick. Okay, yeah. damn. Did you read about the ending of that script, Mikey? I read it, but I forgot it. Tell me, okay. tell me, tell me. So the end of the movie, of the screenplay that never got made, that was called 3000, was he drives her back to Hollywood Boulevard, kicks yeah. him out of his car, throws $3,000 in her lap, and drives away. And that's the end of the movie. Is it terrible that I like that better? Well, that that is more realistic, Paige. Yes, yes. It, it is more. It's a completely different movie. I I do think there is still a feel good version of this movie that could exist with some rewrites that would not make me as angry. Yeah, that's I, fair. I agree with you, but I feel like back in 1990, it was either all the way gritty or yeah. all the way feel good, and there well, was no like in between. In between, I think. Because this movie is beloved. And I, I feel like it has to be. I feel like people are creating those rewrites in their mind, if that makes sense. Where I feel like people are giving this movie a little more leeway. They're seeing things that aren't there. And they are clinging to assumptions about these characters that are not on the screen. And that's why they're okay with it. I think if you like Richard Gere in this movie, you are actively ignoring shit he is doing on screen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. But I'll say that, and I love this movie. Like, this movie is not a good mm -hmm. movie, but I saw it when I was a kid, and I love it because of that, right? I can acknowledge it's not a good movie, though. I feel like if I had seen it younger, I would have a yeah. completely different view of this movie. Because it's nostalgic. Yeah. I had a fun time watching this movie and I like giggled and I got emotional with it. And I was like, okay, I like this. It I, was like a good feel good movie. I cried multiple times. I did not cry. And that to me says something about how about this because I cry at everything. Yeah, I'll cry at everything I, too. I didn't cry. Uh, I did not see this movie because, and I, I know this because my parents have talked about it. They didn't show us this movie because they disliked this movie oh, okay. specifically about the way that he treated Julia Roberts, which like having conversations with my dad about it this week, he was like, it, they treat it like there's a redemption for him at the end and there's not. And she is so bright and wonderful and mm -hmm. it's not a thing like, <laughs> and I would argue so because everyone's like, oh, her journey and her growth. And I'm like, the only growth they give her is to give her new clothes and make her use silverware the right way. She remains an amazing, fun, unique person. And this entire movie serves to just try and stomp that out of her. Like, yeah. it is gross. <laughs> I, I think her growth comes from she didn't believe that she had worth beyond a lot of things in a lot of ways. And I don't think Richard Gere gave it to her. I would but agree. But I think the the process of doing that with Richard Gere gave it to if that makes sense. It like, does. I don't think he has a man gave it to her, but I think she had some breathing space that people with money or, or somebody yes. who's been in survival mode Absolutely. for years. She got this week of breathing room and like room to take stock in her life. And yes. I really feel like that's what catapults her to make to make a change. I 100% I agree with you. That's the one because my frustration is the way that they're demonstrating her growth in this movie is material. But I think in the real life version of this movie, it is that financial breathing room that really does give her the ability to 
personally grow and then they ruin it all at the end <laughs> well yeah and i do think there are some things we're gonna have to talk about as we go through it because i uh, completely agree with you guys and i think some of the things she does right at the end before richard gear comes in on his white limo and ruins the ending i feel like you see a lot of awesome growth from her but let's let's yes. actually go through the movie and then we'll talk about that as we're going well, he, through it the way he talks to her throughout the movie drove me insane he does not treat her like a human being and it drove me the fucking nuts cuz he he treats her like a child through the bulk of this film where yes. he's like don't fidget be a lady and I'm like you're not her mother and also you don't get to decide what kind of lady she is going to be you awful awful person <laughs> every time he said don't fidget I, w I just cringed so hard. And then I had a headcanon like the last 30 minutes he was doing it as like to pick on her. I, I don't know if that's because they he would like giggle afterwards. But like the first half, I was like, this guy's a huge dick. Yeah. Yeah. I. But also I, he is a huge dick. And like, yes. I guess he does some growth, but he's still a huge dick. I, I would argue that his growth is minuscule based on the growth that we see in her. And it's painted as if it should be equal and that after only six days these two people have not only found their soulmates but have gone through such drastic personal growth that this movie should be a triumph and it is all unrealistic and frustrating but Paige, it's because they don't find their soulmate he finds his next kept woman that he's going to transport you. to New York. Yes. And Thank then she you. just becomes okay with that position in his life after saying that she okay. wasn't okay with that. But we'll yes. cover all of this. Let's yes. get into the fucking movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, so the first thing I noticed was that this is Touchstone Pictures, which I was like, isn't that Disney? It is. Okay, yeah. fun fact. Okay. The original studio that was going to produce the movie 3000 that Julia Roberts actually signed on to do that movie. She was really, uh, yeah, she was hired for three days and the movie production company went under and then oh, no. touchstone or Disney picked it up. Right. And then she was right. like, well, I'm definitely fired because they're turning this into like a cartoon, like my right. fair lady type thing. Right. It, it basically is my fair lady, which is gross also. And then, um, touchstone, the guy who, took on the direction of it at touchstone was like, well, if they already offered her the part and she accepted, I'll just meet with her. And of course, because Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts, even though this yeah. was super early no, in no, her no, career, no. they offered it to like every famous actress and then all of them turned it down and then they gave it to Julia Roberts. Wow. Yeah. So they, but they eventually did sign her again to do this one. So she got this, this part twice. Wow. And I mean, here's the thing about Julia Roberts. She's amazing in this. You love her instantly yes like she is all the chemistry in the world and no one else matches it in this movie no <laughs> like, agree she's so great and everyone else is so terrible not everyone i really like the hotel manager i feel like i love the hotel chemistry. manager yes mm -hmm. he's great and he's in like every gary marshall film and he's always amazing um so it kicks off with that party so it's a party at his lawyer's house where they're celebrating that they're about to get this huge deal and Richard Gere's nowhere to be found because he's on the phone breaking up with his girlfriend <laughs> in the most robotic way possible. Oh my God. Also, so oh. head cannon, because two things happen throughout this film that are very weird. One, Richard Gere can't really understand emotion. And two, he has a really hard time with technology on every sense of the word. 
Yeah. He's on the phone with his girlfriend and, and he's like, are you not going to come? And she's like, I'm leaving you. I'm, I'm leaving this apartment. This is dumb. I talked to your secretary more than you. But then she's like, all right, bye. And hangs up. And then like 10 seconds later, he's like, goodbye, lady. And then hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no one else is in the room. And I was just like, did he do that just because he doesn't know how phones work? No, I, I think he did that just in the off chance someone walked in. It looked like he got the last word. But hold yeah, on, no, Todd. I think you're right, he can't actually. drive a car. He can't use a hotel key. He can't use an elevator. He can't use technology. I really do think they were trying to point out that Richard Gere is so much older than she is because he doesn't understand newfangled technology like phones that aren't rotary based and hotel keys that are not, I guess, keys. They're like credit cards, right? The fact that he couldn't drive stick made me furious. But like, I, I feel like they were trying to demonstrate that he's so rich he's out of touch with day-to-day life. I mean, that makes agree. sense. You know, we're like, he hasn't driven himself in years. He always, you know, orders the penthouse because it's the best. Paige, his first car was a limo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Richard Gere in this movie. I'll just say it. So I think I, Richard yeah. Gere is a good choice of actor for this role. Same. And I think he does a fine yeah. job. Because this guy, he's like dead inside and in a shell of a man where like nothing is real. And like he feels it and you feel it. And I think Richard Gere really portrayed that of like, yeah, this is like a nobody person. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely looked like there was nothing in side except for that gerbil (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's an old school joke it is yeah thank you uh there is an interaction so he kind of leaves the party and can we talk about how his lawyer is costanza i just have to say it his lawyer is fucking george costanza and that made me so happy because i forgot he's the villain of this i was like hey george costanza's in this and he is a consummate villain oh yeah he's the worst he is an asshole top to bottom as richard Gere is leaving the party and like quickly in haste leaving this party probably to go either try and convince his girlfriend not to move out or to just you know be sad alone and not at a party yeah he runs into an ex-girlfriend Yes. It's such a crazy scene where he asks her, did you talk to my secretary more than you talked to me? And she said, your secretary was one of my bridesmaids, which is I great. love that. It was so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. But the thing that I love, it's the one time I really did like Richard Gere, and it gave me some hope at the beginning of this movie that maybe he wasn't all bad, is that that's his ex-girlfriend and they have a kind, respectful exchange where they are clearly still friends and he is genuinely happy for her. And it's that one shining moment where I was like, oh, he's not the worst. Maybe this won't be so bad. And then the rest of the movie happens. And I'm like, just kidding. I will say, I'm not going to be a Richard Gere apologist for this film, but I I think (laughs) I... What I was putting together based on this party was that he's not happy with his life. He doesn't know how to do relationships. He's not happy in any aspect. Nothing is real to him. And like he pretty he does a good job of kind of conveying that, especially with the girlfriend. It's just like a it could come and go. Like nothing is really of importance in its life, even though he's super rich. It doesn't really mean anything. He's just so out of touch, not just with like everyday life, but with like people, just with everything. He's just like a solitary man out of place of society. Like he is just a nothing. Yeah, he is a soulless one percenter who has never mm. produced anything or contributed to anything in his life. 
So he's mm-hmm. living that existence that comes with being truly a useless rich man's son who all he has succeeded in doing is staying rich. Right. And he's like, he has like an explorer's curiosity about like how the rest of humanity behave and feel and act. Right. So about halfway through this movie, I had kind of a revelation that he uses work to keep people at a distance. Yeah. He okay. actively yeah. does not want to emotionally engage with people. To the point that when you look at both his breakup on the phone and then his conversation with his ex-girlfriend, as much as he is kind to that ex-girlfriend, it is emotionless. Yeah. He feels yes. no loss. It's very robotic. He doesn't seem to care about losing these people or no longer being in contact with these people. And the reality is it's because he wasn't that close to them to begin with. Exactly. And it is his own doing. Like, he is purposefully keeping people at a distance, and I think it stems from his father, which we hear about later, where his father did much of the same. This movie almost got to where I really wanted it to go, which was letting people in makes me happy, helping people makes me happy, which she encourages him to find out. Yeah. And I liked that these two people could spend a week together and learn things about themselves and not necessarily right off into the sunset together. That's why I was like, oh, I really like how this movie's ending. I was if like, I see why everybody likes it. And then like she, he shows back up in the house. And I'm like, well, fuck all that. Yep. Yeah, no, 100%. If they had not ended up together, if this movie had ended two years later with them just having dinner and she's like in college and, you know, finishing college mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's, you know, now running a philanthropy or something. I am so happy with that ending. Like, Which, the f- I think it's how it would go today. Yeah, I think if you're this right. movie was made now, that's how I think it would go. Yeah. Now he runs downstairs trying to desperately get away from the party and hops into what I initially thought was a DeLorean, but turns out to be a Lotus Esprit. Yeah, it's a Lotus. <laughs> I yeah. love I and I hope to one day be the sort of rich where you can just fuck you, steal your lawyer's car, and it's fine, rich. Like yes. I want to be that level of rich. This guy is not just rich, Todd. Like he's billionaire. Yeah. Like hostile takeover one percent rich. Yeah. Yes. They don't put a dollar amount on it, but he is so obscenely rich that we'll kind of cover it later on where I've got some actual pricing for some of the things that he's paying for and doing with adjusted for inflation. But even adjusted for inflation, it's a level of wealth that is literally exclusively the 1%. Yeah. Once he leaves that party, because that party, I think, kind of serves to inform us about the world that he lives in right once he leaves we then get a view of the world that julia roberts lives in which is hollywood boulevard in the 1990s which is disgusting (laughs) i did like that there are two montages there's the hollywood boulevard montage which is one song and then there's Mm -hmm. an immediate another montage where we meet julia roberts And sort of introduce her into the Hollywood Boulevard area that we just saw in another montage. I don't think I've seen another movie that does back-to-back 80s music montages like this. Yeah, well, and I think it's meant to set her apart from that world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because from the jump, this movie really does, in kind of a shitty way, really try to make it seem like, She's a sex worker, but she's not really a sex worker. Right. And and the reality right. is, no, she's a sex worker. <laughs> like that's right. That it, is it, her job. It almost is to say, no, but she's one of the good ones. Yes, which is a, a little upsetting to begin with. Absolutely. Now, Hollywood Boulevard is disgusting now. It has been cleaned up. The level of grossness that is Hollywood Boulevard now is nowhere near as gross as it was in the 90s. <laughs> so, like, this is 
the worst. And I would say you could still find sex workers on Hollywood Boulevard now, although it would be a different kind. Gotcha. And this is kind of something that if you live in Los Angeles this is, or have lived in Los Angeles, this movie is really interesting because, A, he starts driving in Beverly Hills and then is like, how do I get to Beverly Hills? Right. Uh, or, well, he starts driving in like Bel Air, which is like next door to Beverly Hills and drives across town to then drive back. Um, (laughs) But he's an idiot Like Richard Gere is an idiot He's an idiot Her apartment is in the same part of town That my apartment was when I first moved to Hollywood Oh yeah Um, Wow Yes She she lives She would have lived about eight blocks away from where I I live No shit Yeah Mm -hmm. To the point where I'm like I know where that apartment building is So I actually pulled some numbers about what that would have cost them by street Because I was like it's right here Oh my Um, god that's amazing I have walked down Hollywood Boulevard at night alone uh, I okay. wouldn't recommend it. Right. It's not great. It's even dicier in the movie. And they stand in front of, they, there's this one restaurant, and it must have been one of the few places that gave them permission to shoot in front of it all the time, um, where it's a Mediterranean restaurant in the movie. Uh, more recently, it was a hot dog restaurant called Scooby's, which was like a <laughs> landmark on Hollywood Boulevard because it had been there for like 10 years and oh, yeah? nothing lasts that long. The The fact that they were turning tricks in front of Scooby's right next to like the you know Chinese theater in the El Capitan was kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> so I will pepper in Hollywood facts as we go. I love this it. This is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, this is where we find out that she and her roommate, A, share a studio, and B, are just like unspeakably poor yes. within the landscape of Los Angeles, which is the case for everyone who moves to Hollywood because it's so much more expensive than you ever expect it to be. When we first moved here, my roommate at the time worked at three different Starbuckses at the same time. <laughs> Like in the same day. So she would be doing like three shifts. I worked at Sur La Table and then I collected rich people's mail uh, and then would like scan it and email it to them. And then I would do script coverage. So like you don't get by your first couple of years in Los Angeles without like three to four jobs. That's so insane. when she's listing off her jobs later, I was like, park cars at wrestling. Did the, I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like what it's like to be in Los Angeles. Yes. Welcome to LA, baby. Yes. We do kind of get panning shots of all the sex workers on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And they look remarkably clean. Yeah. For the level of sex work that is happening on Hollywood Boulevard. Well, I mean, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I think they tried to make them look rough and tumble, but they kind of Hollywoodized it. Yeah. Instead of looking rough and tumble, they just look like hair metal, which is happening on yeah. the other part of town at the same time. Yeah, look at like they were going to go to the Whiskey Go-Go and hang out with Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and it blew my mind a couple times when she would like walk through stores and people are like, uh, and I'm like, no, 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 like... If you look at the time, like that is, she's wearing something incredibly fashionable for the time. <laughs> I actually thought this as I was watching the movie. I was like, she's walking to the street in more clothing than my girlfriend wears to the gym and people are staring at her like she's naked. Yes. It was yes. a different time. Okay, everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> that different though, Mikey. Yeah. So at this point, we're cutting back and forth between her and her roommate kind of talking through their strategy for the night. We find out that her roommate... Spent the rent money on cocaine, which is a problem. We also find out they don't have pimps, but Kit, I think is her roommate's name, sort of has like a boyfriend who's sort of pimpish on some level. He's a a pimp, but she likes to party with him. Right. Okay. And, And he does offer to pimp them out. Right. 
and they turn him down. Yeah, it kind of does establish how dangerous it is because yeah. there's one of them. Oh, there's has been the murdered. dead one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The LAPD sucks in this movie. You mean Hank Azaria? Yeah, I was like Hank Azaria's in this movie for two seconds. That was Hank Azaria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no shit. I didn't know yes. that. That's amazing. Yes. Well, and the the absolute best part is the the people who come up to take pictures and he's like, "Hey, where are you from?" Meaning like forensics or whatever, and they're yeah. just like Orlando, and that is a hundred percent accurate like if any <laughs> crime happens on hollywood boulevard there's a million and a half tourists taking pictures of it instantly it's the worst part of los angeles but it's also full of tourists agree that's crazy. yeah so once she and her roommate have connected they've discussed what they're going to do for the night uh richard gear shows up in a lotus esprit yep uh they discuss that they're not going to take less than a hundred dollars she uses her real name when she talks to him so he he asks her for directions and then yeah she walked up and he was like can i have directions to beverly hills and she's like five dollars and he's like what yeah. come on give me a break and she's like ten dollars and then yeah. she just gets in the car she drives a hard bargain, Mikey. And he's she and does. she's like, I'll just take you there for 20 or 100 or whatever. I don't know what happened. But it was it, like 20 yeah. bucks. Yeah. 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 And at that point, she climbs into the car that he can't drive because, quote, his first car was a limo. I so hate she him so much. has him pull over and then she drives the rest of the way. <laughs> and while she's driving, she's kind of giving him like the rundown of like her and her life and how she knows about cars. Oh, yeah. This um, is the part where she, yeah. like, molests Richard Gere. Yeah. She gets there, and I realized as they were driving there, I was like, oh, she has no way home, and she's all the way across town. And I think if you're not in L.A., you don't have a concept of how far they drove. Right. But they drove, it's less than 10 miles, but it's also in Los Angeles traffic. So she is conservatively an hour away from where she started, depending on which route she took and depending on what time of day. And so then she has to wait for the bus, which is going to take her three hours to get back. She basically wasted a whole night for 20 to bucks. drive him there for 20 bucks. And the bus is going to cost her, you know, three bucks. Effectively, she has ruined her night to take him to his hotel unless she can find another trick around the hotel. Well, she does. <laughs> yeah, he does invite her up. And to be honest, I feel like it is out of pity initially. I don't think he has intentions to necessarily use her services. I, I agree. I don't think he wanted to use her services. I was actually surprised when they actually hooked up because uh, in the car, I felt like he was just like, oh, this small talk is like the most fun small talk I've had yeah. in weeks. Like, it seems to me and like, they could have done a better job. Like, he's just severely depressed and like has yeah. no one to talk to. I don't know about yeah. that. I mean, when he asks how much she normally charges and she's like a hundred bucks for an hour and he goes a hundred bucks an hour, that's pretty stiff. And then she like grabs his dick. He seems sort of on board to be molested. You know, like he does not yeah. seem like he's like, Ooh, no, I'm, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want that. He was like, Okay, I see what this could be. I don't think he's off board, but I don't think he's 100% on board. Like, it really is like he has no emotional investment on anything going on in his life, yeah. including his interactions with her. Absolutely. It seems like it's his first time. Right. Sure. Ever. Yeah, I, I'd buy that. I really do think he invited her upstairs just because he's lonely and didn't want to go upstairs by himself. Yeah. Now, when she mentions that she's a size nine and that your foot is the same length from your elbow to your wrist, did you measure your foot? No. no. Neither of you did it? I'm not that flexible. Uh, Mikey's doing it now like an animal. Yeah. Yeah. My, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Mine was exact, too. I was fuck just like, fuck, you learned something. <laughs> yes, do it. Do it. Oh, my God, it is. Right? 
Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh my god! I made a specific note to ask you guys if you did it because I totally did it. Oh it was god. just like <laughs> what? <laughs> now, okay, so now we have to do this every time someone has a fact like this. Like when we do Jerry Maguire, we're going to go find a human head to see if it weighs eight pounds. I'm pretty sure my head weighs more than that because one time <laughs> I weighed one of my boobs and that weighed 16 pounds. <laughs> I have a follow up question. Did you weigh the other one too? Yes, to see if they were equal. Of course, you have to, right? But yeah, anyway, so it's it's weird that your your foot is the same as the the length from your elbow to your wrist. Right. I also noted that he has a like we've established that his car is a limousine. He has a driver. He's staying at the Beverly Wilshire, which is one of the nicest hotels in Los Angeles, and he's complaining about like $100 an hour. Yeah. He's like, ooh, that's steep. He has no concept of money. He has no concept of money. He spends so much more money on so many other things, and he does not even consider her worth that $100, which was the first sense that I was like, oh, he's an asshole. Yeah, (laughs) he is an asshole. I read it a bit differently, but I totally think he's an asshole. I just thought he haggles for everything like that's his whole job that's his whole yeah and i think that's how he related to her for most of the first half of the film was like yeah we're both in business and we both negotiate and that's how that's how that's why she gets me because she negotiates about sex and i negotiate about business and that's how so he like plays the he likes to play the game with her like i and it, which i don't think is right i don't think it makes it right i think it on another level is even more fucked up but i mean yeah. <laughs> well i will say the more he invested he gets in her throughout the film the less he haggles in his business world so it's almost like as the film goes on it breaks him of that callousness because he starts to see both the humanity in her and the humanity in the people who own the company that he's essentially dismantling. Yeah, right. Or trying to. I think that's a good point. I don't think he sees value in any people, in any person. Yes, and and Mm -hmm. he's a sociopath. This is two episodes in a row and we're dealing with a total sociopath. (laughs) I don't think he's as bad as Reese Witherspoon. Nobody is, Mikey. (laughs) He literally destroys lives. Like To say that he and Julia Roberts are in sort of the same business is not at all true. Like he destroys like people's livelihoods and their lives. And she's just like a sex worker. She makes people's lives better. It's a dangerous line of work, but she's not out here literally destroying someone's source of income or anything. You know, we find out later in the movie that he deliberately and specifically bought and dismantled his own father's business. Yeah. Like. But that's not sociopathic. His father was also a dick. Mikey, I think you might be too close to this to be able to speak to it. I know too much about your life. (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, his dad left him, took the money, and then he's a self-starter and then dismantled his dad's company. Here's the terrible thing. It indicates an anger within him as a person that is problematic. But I 100% clapped for him when I heard that in the movie. I was just like, yes, bitch, take it, take it. Absolutely. Well, he admits that. He's like, like $4,000 of therapy. I was able to finally say, I'm angry at my father. Yeah, it's $10,000. Oh, it's $10,000. Yes. So anyway, so they get into the hotel. They're going to go up to the room. They get into the elevator that has a couch in it. And an elevator, man. It's like got an elevator yeah. attendant. Yeah. And she has no concept of how much the things around her cost. It is a level of wealth that she's never been experienced to and cannot contextualize. 
And we know this because they get up to the room. He orders champagne. That champagne probably cost more than she has for the hour. <laughs> yeah. And he basically asks her how much it would be for the night. And she says uh, 300 expecting him not to be able to afford it. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Yeah, and he's like, okay, yeah, fucking done. That's easy. And then it, immediately yeah. you see her face go, fuck, should have asked for a thousand. Yes. Right? <laughs> and then there's like a weird section where she's like eating chocolates and drinking champagne and watching TV. Very much just a girl enjoying herself. Yeah. Yeah. She's watching like I Love Lucy or some shit. Yeah. They are watching I Love Lucy. It's the grape stomping episode. And <laughs> and he was working, right? I think so, yeah. He he starts out kind of working, and then he ends up just kind of watching her enjoyment of rich things as if that's his entertainment. Yeah. Which I found intensely troubling. Yeah. Is this when she's watching the episode she'd never seen before and starts like laughing hysterically? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. grape-stopping episode, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's why I think he's watching, because he's like, oh, she's like genuinely like happy to like yeah. see this episode and like laughing, yeah. and he's like... What is the like? He just seems generally confused about humanity throughout the film. You know what? Like he's an alien figuring out what life is like. If at the end of this movie, his face opened total recall style <laughs> yes! and there was an alien inside, I would be like, this movie is fucking perfect. Like, yeah. what, don't change a thing. Yeah. It's like a they live type situation. Yes. <laughs> or like, I mean, like aliens where he gets like cut in half and he's got like he's clearly an android or somebody like pops the back of his head open like data. Because <laughs> I mean, it really is what it, I mean, he feels so disconnected from humanity that he's like watching it with like extreme interest because everyone in his life is completely fake and every relationship is in transactional. But I mean, I don't think it makes him a good person. I just think that's his world he's coming from. And like when sure. she's like yeah. belly laughing, he's like, no one belly laughs. He's like, what is a yeah, belly about laugh? anything. No one <laughs> yeah. belly laughs in my presence. <laughs> not when I'm dismantling their business, not when they're moving out of my apartment. No one laughs ever. So some things bothered me about what happens next. And that is that she like starts to come on to him some and the yeah. way she does that is by putting her hand like up his pants leg and she yeah, can on get his shin. Yeah. Well, and she can get all the way up to his thigh. Like his pants are too like baggy. They're like parachute pants. She can get her full arm up by his leg. Like that's too much room. I also was very upset by the fact that her bra didn't fit. <laughs> her strap is not staying up. It's not supportive. Your strap should stay put. And no. the fact that it's falling down means it's either someone else's and it's not the right size for her. Or she just bought a bra that didn't actually fit or she needs to tighten the straps. I don't know if she's ever weighed her boobs one at a time to get, sort of get exactly <laughs> you you know, what support you, you need. Yeah, listen, Julia, we can help you out. Paige is willing to help you out. I had some conflicting feelings about this scene because oh, yeah? uh, I was like, man, Julie Roberts is beautiful. Like, Sure. But, mm -hmm. then, but then they hooked up and I was like... This is just sex work. It is. Yeah. I got to respect that she's a pro, though. And you know how I know she's a pro? She brought condoms? Well, that, yeah. Yeah, sure. That, yes, absolutely. But she's a pro because she went and got a pillow for her knees. Oh, yeah. I was yes. like, oh, she knows what she's doing, and I respect the game. <laughs> um, here's the other thing that I found really interesting is he says, what do you do? And she says, anything but mouth kissing. Yeah. And all I could think was, anything? Bitch, you can get murdered. Yeah, like, that, and that, that is a wide range of things, like possibilities. There's a whole list. This is why Fifty Shades of Grey has contracts. Like this is just, 
This is so upsetting. Like, are we talking uh, a full tour of Greece? Like, what are we talking about right here? Yeah. I'd like to pause and now tell you a dating story. <laughs> yes, please do. I went out third date. We have a few beers. She invites me back to her place. Man, recording a podcast that your mom might actually listen to feels a lot different when you start doing <laughs> stuff like this. Wait, okay. so here, here's my question. Why, did, why didn't she kiss on the mouth? What Herpes was her flare up. That's my the guess. Herpes flare up. same exact rationale as Julia Roberts. Wow. We go back to her place. She sits on the opposite end of the couch. We're like talking. It's like 1.30 in the morning. We talked for like 30 minutes and I was like, okay, I'm not really feeling a vibe of like a hook a vibe sure get out of there mikey i i mean it was getting late so i was getting tired so she like comes over sits on my lap rubs my chest and starts like unbuttoning my shirt like julia roberts oh oh is this where she learned it oh my god she learned it from watching you julia and she's like i want you to stay but i don't kiss unless it's serious wait she wanted to complete the act but didn't want to kiss you on the mouth yes can i ask a follow-up question Yes. When was the last time you brushed your teeth slash had a mint? I have good <laughs> oral hygiene. I'm not suggesting otherwise. Also, what level of oral hygiene do you have to be to like someone doesn't want to kiss you but still wants to have sex with you? I'm thinking full on meth mouth, but super washboard abs. <laughs> like that's the line, right? Well, let me tell but you. Here's a, if you're having sex face to face, they're going to be breathing in your face the whole night. So here's what I want to tell you. Foreplay does not work without kissing because yes. she starts like going into it and we're just looking at each other. Yes, that's so strange. And I am like, a nervous talker and, and so like i'm like um so how was your week yeah and then i'm like get uh, get ready because i was like i'm usually like the opposite where like you kiss first and then when you like them you like have sex with them like a more of a traditional view i guess right like normal people not like crazy people yeah <laughs> and like then my red flag alarm was like this this is really weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everything felt really weird. Then she made another comment where she was like, I'm usually more drunk for this. And oh, I was no. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And no, so, no, and so no. I was like, so she starts trying to, like, undress and, like, undress me. And I was like, why don't we slow down? And, like, I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about having sex without kissing. That just seems weird. And she's like, you need to leave. Wow. Good. <laughs> Wow. And as I as I am walking out of her apartment, no shirt on, I'm like putting my button down back on, just chest out, doors open, and she's like, "Don't call me anymore." Oh my! That was God. just she just she just threw you a life preserver on the storm of life. Good for you. Yeah. Get out. She gave you an out. But she like pulled up. I, I was like, did I pay for this? Like, this feels like pretty well. <laughs> but it was, it reminded me of this scene. Like, I had flashbacks watching this scene. Because, like, she unbuttoned my shirt the same way and everything. And I'm like, whew. R- Richard <laughs> Gere's about to get thrown out of his penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did like how she was like, I don't do that. I don't get emotionally involved. Mouth kissing is an emotional involved. And he's like, I get that. Same way in business. Yeah, well, I mean, he says it too. He's like, I don't kiss in the mouth either. It's fine. Yeah. Here's yeah. the weird thing. In in her position, I understand it more than just the average person. Sure, oh, yeah. And because it's not like a we're dating something like long term may yes. happen. Right. This is very transactional, right? That is like she's doing sex work, right? Yes. yes. I do think it's really funny that we cut to like the next morning. He wakes up. She's asleep in the bed. She's got the huge tumble of red hair, which is gorgeous. And I'm like, there's no way that fit under that wig. I was so confused how it could get under that blonde wig. If you had beautiful, yeah. gorgeous red hair, you'd never hide it. 
You let that shit out and just let it go. That's perfection right there. Her hair is amazing in this movie. It is. Agree. I love red hair. No, really? <laughs> Sorry. Wow, wow, Todd. Yeah. I got a type. I apologize. <laughs> the next morning is when we find out that he needs dates for things that week. Yeah. And so that's when he starts to kind of haggle with her over her price for the week, which again, I was like, how dare he haggle with her? How dare he lowball her? This rich motherfucker. 4,000 is nothing to him. And he's just like, yeah, three. So she's like in the bathtub trying to sing Prince. And listen, she can't sing for shit, but I love Prince. So like, I'm fine with it. It's a very cute scene. It is. Yeah. But he's talking to his lawyer and his lawyer is saying, well, why don't you bring a date? Because these sort of hostile takeovers can get hostile. And if it's just like a date sort of social interaction, it might be Sort of like chilling it out some and calming it down. I get that. I definitely did not understand how this hostile takeover needed like five dates throughout the week. Like, is it not just yeah. business meetings? And they're like, now it's time for the dinner portion of the hostile takeover. Now it's time for <laughs> the polo game. Now it's time game. for polo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't fucking know what the 1% rules are, Mikey. But yeah, it like, seemed what? weird to me too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, now it's time for the opera. <laughs> that was uh, that was unrelated to the hostile takeover. That was his hostile takeover of her heart, Mike. Yeah, I got it. So he goes into the bathtub where she's or goes into the bathroom where she's bathing and just says like, "Hey, how much would it be for the whole week?" And she's like, four thousand dollars." And he's like, "Whatever. How about two thousand dollars? Because you're not worth it." And then. She goes, well, how about three? And he agrees to three, right? I don't understand how she set a rate. She said $100 an hour. So she, yeah. so a night should have been $800. And all day should be $2,400. Yes, that's what I was so confused. Like, Julie Roberts. So this is a thing with sex work. If you're buying more time, it means that they don't have to find other Johns to fill the time. So you'll take less money for more time. As opposed to taking your chances. So it's like it's like Costco. You're buying in bulk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel dirty having this conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's say you're a comedian and uh, you have to travel for a gig. It costs you a lot more to have me for one night than it does to have me for four. Because I only sure. have to take one flight, you know, whatever. So like... Right. I think of it that way where she's like, I've got guaranteed business for this amount of time, so I'm willing to take less than Absolutely. I would. Because she can't guarantee that she would book every single hour right. for $100. Can I just say this really quick before I move on about this morning after scene? Richard yeah. Gere is like super nice. He probably spent more on breakfast for her than he did on her that night. Absolutely. Because he orders everything Absolutely. on the menu. Yeah. It's only three things. Let's 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 dial it back. It's pancakes and eggs and bacon. That's all it was ordered. Based on that hotel, it cost at least the equivalent of her for an hour, if yeah. not the whole night. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, juxtapose that to literally 10 minutes later when he's haggling with her over how much she's going to charge him for a week. Yeah. I mean, he spends more on clothes for her for this week than he does on her for the week. This is the first time where he gives her a lot of money and basically is like, go buy clothes, and she goes right. to Rodeo Drive, which, by the way, recently got looted by rich white people during the protests. Really? <laughs> yes. There's tons of video of it. So, like, rich white people were going and looting Rodeo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. When I lived in California, I refused to call it Rodeo. I would call it Rodeo just to piss off people <laughs> because it's Rodeo, you nerds. There is a Rodeo. I know. There, there is Rodeo Road, and then there's Rodeo Drive. But they're spelled the same, right? 
They're spelled exactly the same. This is where she tries to go and shop. Doesn't she meet the uh, hotel manager on the way out? She does, yeah. Briefly, yeah. They talk a lot more when she comes back. Yeah. Uh, On the way out, he's asking the bellhop if they know her. So she goes to shop on Rodeo Drive, and they literally will not wait on her. Which is insane. Which is nuts. They won't tell her how much stuff is. They won't... Uh, help her or let her try anything on. They basically ask her to leave. Yeah. They don't know. And here's what boggles my mind. Madonna would have been dressed the same and could have walked into that store and they would have reacted the same way. It's nuts. It is very crazy. I don't know. You don't think they would have served her? And... Money is money, baby. I don't care. I don't know, like... man. They're snooty, snooty. And I don't think, I just because of how she was dressed, and I don't even think she was dressed like as underclass as it should have been, but I just think they were like just being snooty for being snooty's sake. There's that joke of like, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Yeah. And Rodeo, Rodeo Drive is really where that is true. The only other place that I've been where asking for the price of something was considered taboo was the French Riviera. So, like, that's the level we're dealing with. How do you buy anything? Like, what are you doing? You have to say, ring it up, man. Yeah, you have to basically have enough money that it would not matter how much it was. Well, fuck you. I need to know how much it is so I can tell you if I want to buy it. If you want to take it all the way to the counter and ring it up so I can know the price and then walk out if I can't afford it, then that's on you. All right, Richard Gear. <laughs> well, Richard and, Gere and he, wouldn't care. Yeah, it depends on where you go on Rodeo Drive because there are some, you know, stores that are more just basic. Like they've got like a Roots and like a Kitson and stuff that you could just walk into and it wouldn't be that weird. But there is a level of like atelier that you don't go in there unless you want to just point at stuff and have it brought to your house. I hate rich people so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'd hate I'd hate to become one. I mean, I'd love to become <laughs> one, but if I did, I'd be fine paying my fair share of the taxes for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I still want to go to a shop and be like, "Give me that tailored suit." You yeah, know, absolutely. Make it for- yeah, I don't care what it costs. She <laughs> comes back to the hotel defeated. That's where she runs into Hector Elizondo again. He is amazing. Uh, he is great in this, and this is that's where he has that your uncle, your niece. Yeah, he's like and, giving her the answers without giving her the answers, right? To like make it okay for her to be there, which I thought yeah. I thought was very very kind of him. He's such an interesting character. Yeah, I yeah. liked him a lot. I also thought it was insane that she was in his office and had literally a ball of cash because she was yeah. like, I can't. I can't spend this. And he yeah. takes the ball of cash from her, looks at it, and then hands it back. I don't know. It just seemed weird that was there was funny. a ball of cash. Yeah. She was like, they were mean to me and wouldn't let me buy a dress. And I'm supposed to go to a cocktail party. And then, like, <laughs> holds up. And it looked like a ball of ones. So I was like, it I did. wouldn't serve her. I would not sell her either anything either. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like Richard Gere's like a stripper and he pulled it out of his G string to give to her because it's like a yeah. wadded up ball of ones. <laughs> right? <laughs> they were all kind of individually crumpled where it almost looked like he had crumpled dollar bills and thrown them at her one at a time and then she caught them and then held them that's a deleted scene actually yeah they cut that out yeah so Hector Elizondo as the manager helps her find a dress now this is something that a fancy hotel will do for you that's awesome does it cost like a concierge is a real thing though yeah Yeah, no and they they do charge you for it but like my dad was And I don't remember what hotel it was, but he was at a speaking engagement and spilled something on his shirt and was like about to go on stage and was like, huh? And the concierge just showed up with like flap, 
like perfect white shirt and they like changed him out perfect size everything and he was like how did what it and they just like had it that's awesome. like it wasn't even a question so that at fancy hotels they they can do all kinds of shit oh and then uh, she thought he was calling the police on her but he yeah. like finds her charming you can tell from the immediately he kind of likes her which is an interesting yeah. i mean she's julia i mean she's just so damn charming at the whole movie though yeah absolutely well, you know, it's a fancy hotel. She's not the first sex worker that's been there. Like, that's to believe true. that she is is to be naive. And I don't think he, I think he knows that too. And I think he's just like, hey, this can't be your, you know, stomping grounds, but like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he finds her the dress. Then she realizes that it's going to be a fancy dinner. So she has him teach her where the forks go. This is very My Fair Lady. But like if Audrey Hepburn was a sex worker. But yeah, but I mean. Yes. But also, I think this is when it goes from like, I'm protecting my hotel and my client to like, oh, I kind of like her. Because like, he yes. seems to be having fun with this. And they see, he like took her in the dining room. It's like all, it's all like abandoned. And he's like, he has all the forks out and he's, he's, he's giving her tips. I thought it was like a great scene. They're like, Me too. they're making jokes and stuff. I loved it. Yeah. Well, and th- these are the sections of the movie that really, really work. Yes. Because it is Julia Roberts learning things, figuring stuff out, kind of getting through it in her own scrappy way. Yeah. And like that's where the movie succeeds. And then Richard Gere is where it really falls apart. <laughs> so he then meets her in the bar in the dress and everything. And she's gorgeous absolutely yes. it's not the red dress that's like the iconic photo it's like a black dress yeah that's but later. It's, i thought amazing. she was prettier in this dress than the red dress oh really okay uh yeah i kind of liked the red one although I, I felt like different occasions you know they're both great i feel like i like the red one better because i also like really love jessica rabbit so like there was a thing there for me you know yeah that makes yeah, sense yeah. i gotcha then she gets to the dinner and she can't figure out what fork to use because there's just too many and the old guy at the table cuts her a break. And it's just like, yeah, I never know what fork it is either. So it kind of like lets her off the hook. Yeah. And that's the guy who like runs the company that's about to get hostily taken over by Richard Gere. Right. Yeah. And that's what the dinner's about. Like it's the grandfather and his grandson who's going to be taking yes. over the company talking to Richard Gere, trying to convince Richard Gere not to take over the company. I really like the uh, the grandfather and the grandson Me too. of the company. Yeah, I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. They're super nice. Uh, they have escargot. Dude, when that escargot goes flying across the thing and the, the waiter catches it, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I laughed out loud. I know, so did I. And he goes, <laughs> it happens all the time. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> have either of you had escargot? Fuck no. That seems so no, gross. No, that sounds disgusting. It's delicious. Ugh. Really? Yes, the really. people will swallow, I Paige, don't understand. the West Coast elitist. <laughs> now, granted, it's one of those things where good escargot is fantastic and bad escargot is the worst thing you could ever eat. So you really have to, like, be sure that the place that you're ordering it knows what they're doing. <laughs> Oof. Almost exactly two years ago, uh, give or take a month, uh, my husband <laughs> and I went for his birthday to a fancy fresh re- French restaurant and he insisted that we order the escargot because, like, when you're there, your family. Wait, were you at Olive Garden? No, we were not. Okay, thank <laughs> God. I was like, do not eat escargot at Olive Garden. Uh, but he was like, no, they have it. We have to order it. And it was phenomenal. It was really oh, good. Oh, Gross. Man. But I loved this scene because, again, Julia Roberts is relating well to the grandson and the grandfather and like telling stories and like making them laugh and they're like talking. Yeah. And when they talk business, Richard Gere talks, but he also just seems very confused about human interactions that they're having. Because he's an alien. 
Yeah. Yeah. We also find out that the company that they're trying to take over is about to get a $350 million government contract to build destroyers, which mm-hmm. would make their stock price go up and make it so Richard Gere could not buy up enough shares to hostily take over the company. Yeah, so he tells yeah. the guy, I bought off the senators, and it's keeping that appropriations bill in the committee. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I think is really interesting, so there's a, a scene later on where Julia Roberts is talking to the grandson, and it's clearly just because he's the only other person she knows. At the polo at match, this party. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Richard Gere is so put off by it, and I was like, you so don't understand human interactions. This is somebody she knows. She met him a couple days ago. Yeah. They have this thing in common. She doesn't know anybody else here. Of course she would talk to him, and he's got a horse. So, like, mm-hmm. his confusion at basic human a- interactions just really lends itself to the robot alien theory. Like, <laughs> yeah, rewrite the end of this movie. <laughs> Yeah. I honestly don't think we necessarily need to rewrite it. It is like clear he is an alien. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, she like is so charming. Everybody was like, everybody's like, it's a pleasure to meet you. Everybody hates Richard Gere. And is this what he tells her? You know, because he's like, I don't he, he like seems to be struggling with the business stuff. And she's like, well, that's because you actually like them. Like they're they're nice people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she re- what? She like recaps the night and he kind of bails on her and then she stays in the room and watches breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, are they sending us subliminal messages through her TV in the hotel room? Because like, (laughs) what is going on? Uh, And then she goes downstairs to find him playing the piano, which never... We never hear about it again. Never we comes never heard back. about it before. It never <laughs> yeah. comes back. But was he actually playing that? Because he was crushing yes. it. He tells her, I never play in front of people. But he yeah. was just playing in front of people. Those those are help, not people. Oh wow. Yeah, this is, this, he, is that he what does he not means? consider people people. Wow. Yes. So he openly yes. admits that, oh no, I don't play in front of people. These people aren't real people. They're yes. they're the servant class. Wow. This yeah, man no, I'm is sure. a horrible dude. I, that's all no, I'm saying. I, I think that's what he really I think he means like I have never played in pe- I think it's another level of I've never been vulnerable or I've never let people close. But that's the problem with that's the problem with this film is that that every time they try to do that, it looks just as bad as from an elitist standpoint. Yeah. So like if yeah. they could have just taken the help out of the scene, he could have said the exact same thing and it would have had a completely better meaning with the yeah. theme of the movie. Well, because he dismisses the help and then has a very awkward sex scene with Julia Roberts. On a piano, which is a Fifty Shades of Grey thing too. This movie is like 90s Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> with just like no sex dungeon and no way BDSM, less No BDSM, right? No BDSM mm-hmm. so that we know of. It's just not as much fun as what you're saying. It's just not as yeah, much fun. Yeah. It. You think if she got pregnant, it would be a baby piano? <laughs> and he'd be paying uh, more than a grand for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but Mikey, the thing that bothers me most about the scene is that there's like this sexy stuff going on. Like he's about to like have sex with her. But we also hear like, bring on the piano. Yes. And why? Why did the sound people put that in? It's so distracting and annoying. I thought it was it realistic. Is, oh, it's realistic, you know, but people power through weird noises when they're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's true. Didn't we talk about that on our Sacrament episode of the Cole podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so the next day they go out shopping, He and now he's going with her. Yes. Well, he tells her initially just to go on her own, and she's like, well, no one will yeah. serve me, and he's like, Fuck that, I'm taking you. I I like what he does here. It's very sort of sweet and helpful. My favorite is he tells her to take her gum out and she, (laughs) like, 
throws it at some lady. Yeah. Yeah, and it like hits a lady. Oh, does it That's hit like a lady? A, I missed that. Yes. Oh my God. And she in the foreground, it hits a lady, and then in the foreground, she like jumps back. <laughs> and it's like blink and you miss it, but then you see like so you see Julia Roberts like spit it out, the lady jumps, and then Julia Roberts kind of like ha and then they like walk in. So like Oh, is that why he's like saw, I, I can't, can't believe, believe he yes. did that. Because yes. I was like, yes, she yes, just yes. spit her gum out, you alien. <laughs> yeah, no, she she hit a lady with it. Oh my god. Um, oh man. And then uh, thus begins a montage of the ugliest clothes of the nineties. Oh man. Yeah, Paige, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, it's horrendous. They do nothing for her body. It's just, it's just they a make her look like a box. Of craziness. Yes. Yeah. It's so crazy. And he leaves like halfway through to go back to work. In an office that is lit like a crazy person is their gaffer. <laughs> like, that is the worst lighting I've seen in a movie. Ever. Like, I've seen student films with better lighting than that office. Like, do you know how bad lighting has to be for you to be like, whoa, who lit this? Th- that scene in the office. Giant shadows. It's it's way too harsh. There's not yes. a diffuser to be found. Not at all, because, I mean, no kidding. They have stark black shadows in what is ostensibly the middle of the day. Yeah. It is wild. Then he comes back, and that's when we get them in the tub. And this is where we get a close-up of Richard Gere's nipple. Now you have been wanting to talk about this all episode. I could tell. What gets them in the tub? That he did. That they just get in. He get oh because he he gets really mad at work though, doesn't he? He he and Costanza are arguing about the hostile takeover. Yeah, they're fighting yeah. over something, and he actually does call her from his office or whatever, and that's where they have the don't pick up the phone. And then yeah. he hangs up and calls back immediately, and he says, "I told you not to pick up the phone." And she goes, "Well, stop calling me." <laughs> I actually did like that part. So these parts were kind of cute. And he like laughs it off. He's like, ha, 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 uh, my employee. He's like, people, this yeah. is humor. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I heard about this once in an alien training manual. <laughs> but this is where we get, and it lingers on that nipple. It does. It's like five seconds of nipple. Long enough for me to type, why did we need that close up of Richard Gere's nipple before it panned away? And his chest has clearly been at least partially waxed. Yeah, like oh, manscaped. Yeah. But then they, yes, but then they left like a <laughs> ring of hair around the nipple. It, it's and it's <laughs> the hair on his head is gray. The hair on his nipples is black. And then we just got a lingering shot of it. I don't know who, which cinematographer was just like, you know what women love man nips probably the same guy from batman and robin but like (laughs) i don't know why this is in this movie i do like that you've posited a world where either a richard Gere has a nipple double that he uses in his movies (laughs) or he was getting his chest waxed and he was too sensitive around the nipples so they had to just avoid that area and left what looked like just nipple lashes like nipples are his Um, eyes and he has eyelash nipples also let's talk about like intimate hairstyles have changed over time i don't know what men's nipple fashion was back in the 90s I think I think it looked like this here. N- let me show you. Like, look, this is what. Oh my no! No, put that it right away. there is what. It, it's just put it away. Just hair. I think it was the latter. I think he was too sensitive. It has to because be because sometimes you'll see guys who have like a waxed chest and then just like a ring of sadness around the nipples. And I'm like, if you had just left it hairy, it would have looked better. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You either go full shave or full wax or no wax, right? I don't know 
if you guys have ever hugged a shirtless man who shaves or has waxed but not waxed recently. It is so unpleasant. It's prickly, The yeah. stubble you get on your face is the same. Yeah. I would rather have full chest hair any day of the yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. I have a friend who's like a working actor in L.A., and he tells me like that Richard Gere brags about doing his own nipple work. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't a nipple <laughs> double, right? I'm pretty sure. Like That's one of the things Gere like, really brags about. So <laughs> I know what the ladies like. Gray hair and one nip. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap this. This is like 15 minutes of nipple talk. Welcome back to Nipple Talk. This <laughs> week we're talking about Richard Gere's nips, <laughs> and later we're talking about Julia Roberts because she, she makes a, a nip slip in this movie too. Yeah, and they spend twice as long <laughs> camera wise on his nipple than they do on her nipple. They know who their target audience is, Paige. You're not gonna pack the theaters unless you get Gear nips on screen for sure. Oh. Lonely gerbils? Is that who they're going after? Because like I don't know a single woman that's like, show me them nips though. Yeah. Like that's not a thing. Now this scene is also the same scene where we find out that he's paid $10,000 for therapy to be mad at his dad and that he took over his dad's company for revenge. And his dad died like a month ago, but he hadn't spoken to him for like 14 years and three months or something very strangely specific. Yeah. yeah. What made him get all vulnerable? I think the water got into his memory board and it just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> fucked with the wiring a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. So at the back at the office, you could tell he was distracted and he was like playing like when he starts calling her it's like he's playing around with that emotion of like, is this what it's like to miss another person? A hundred percent. He plays it well as a robot discovering emotion. <laughs> <laughs> this was around the same time that Data on Star Trek was learning the same lessons. <laughs> That's why he got a cat. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. I, I mean, I like this scene because he he like really like talks about his life and stuff. I mean, I don't really like his character, but she's also really supportive and nice. And she asks really good questions to get to know someone. Absolutely. The next day we get polo. Right. Yeah, this is the polo match. Where he tells her to look like a lady. And she th- thankfully finally gets mad about it because it's like the 50th time he's done it. Yes. And she's just like. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. And tells people who they're like, oh, trying to marry up. And she was like, I'm not trying to land him. I'm just using him for sex. And I, I love that. Too. I thought that was hilarious. And, and of the two ladies that she says that to, one of them has the correct reaction, which is to just laugh and be like, oh, that woman's awesome. And the other one is like, oh, I do declare. Like, <laughs> she's just like taken aback by it. I love that so much. I thought it was great. This is also the scene where they all have to ruin their nice shoes by putting back the divots yes what and and they're like it's time for the time honored tradition of like kicking divot divots or whatever i've never heard of this Put the divots back in i've never heard of this either. Well, you guys I was are just, just like not what? rich enough i've heard <laughs> and mikey this this has come out on a horror version podcast mikey grew up very rich that's not true i grew up like middle class he may not have been 1%, but he was 3%. Like, he was up there, right? <laughs> we had a pool. We had a neighborhood pool. <laughs> we had our own divots. Yeah, we listen. had a neighborhood pool in a finished basement, and, like, that is, I mean, that is kind of a step above Mikey, a lot of people. like I said, you were rich. I get it. I've never had a basement. Ugh, what's that like? We just don't have them out there, Paige. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, they were, have you ever been divot kicking or whatever the fuck this was? No, I've never. never been divot kicking, but, like, I believe <laughs> the announcer when he was like, kings and queens have done this. This is, like, the, s- the seventh inning stretch for rich people. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I'd rather just see Beyonce or something I know, at right? the halftime show, but, mm. you know, I guess if you can only kick grass, uh, then sure. There's no 
no, no new money is allowed at the polo match. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Excuse me, sir. Okay. But she's having fun. She's like enjoying herself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that is until Richard Gere tells George Costanza that uh, she's a sex worker, right? Yes. I hate well, it so much. Well, she goes and talks to the polo guy. This is what we're talking about. She goes and talks yeah. to the grandson who's at. For some reason, they want to go to his polo match to suck up to him to buy the, so they can buy the company. Or I don't even know why they would go. I don't know why they would go either, except maybe to get him on their side. Because honestly, the people who own the business, like the granddad and the grandson, do stand to make a lot of money when they sell off the yes. business, right? Everyone does. It's just going to ruin all of the people who work for their lives, right? So right. he's trying to like sort of you know, be like, hey, listen, it's okay to be a horrible person who fucks over all of their employees, right? So I understand why he wants to like sort of socialize with them, but... I think that's why they go. Right. And the grandson yeah. is like, he goes, uh, Richard Gere goes to talk to the senator and the lawyer. And yeah. then the grandson's like, hey, come meet my horse. This is like, a, I have my own horse and I really like him. Do you want to come see? And she's like, well, okay, yeah, that sounds really fun. This is also the first part where George Costanza talks badly about her and about her being a sex worker. And Richard Gere doesn't defend no. her. No, he's like, yeah, she is. Well, What's well, that first about? he says Crazy. she's a corporate spy. Set to sabotage yeah, the, right. the Costanza deal. does, yeah. Right. And then he's like, no, she's not. She's a hooker, okay? She's a hooker. Yeah, and that's what he calls yeah. her, yeah. Yeah. His cold, dead eyes for this whole scene. I mean, he's just dead. He's just so dead. I think what frustrated me is that from this point until literally the end of the movie, we see George Costanza making fun of her, either in her presence or in his presence, and just being overall creepy, mm -hmm. and Richard Gere does nothing about it yeah. until the very end. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, in, in this scene, Costanza sort of, like, tries to set an appointment with her or whatever. Like, I yes. don't know what you call yeah. it, but he definitely expressed an interest to acquire her services later on. Yeah, and, and Richard Gere just kind of lets it happen. He doesn't, like, yeah. address it. Nothing. Yeah, I do like problem. that she gets super pissed immediately about it. Yeah, as she should. Mm -hmm. So that night, or is it the next night that they go to the opera? No, they go. No, it's the ten, they go back home. This is when they get in a fight. Yeah, this is their this is yes. their first fight. Yeah, she goes to leave. Right. Remember, because she's like, he's like, "How are you? Fine." That's like the other time. That's like the yeah. same time you said the road. She's like, "How about this word, asshole?" Yeah. Right. And, and she like, like packs well, up all of her shit like in yeah. her arms, grabs her bag and like heads to the elevator because she's like mm -hmm. over it. And she well, yeah, she, she gives that zinger of like, this is the first time you've made me feel cheap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, just give me the money and go. So he like pays her, puts the money on the counter and she doesn't even take the money. She goes to the elevator. Yeah. yeah. And then he he does go after her and apologizes. And I liked his apology. Like, I am sorry. There's no excuse. What I did was an asshole move. Yeah. I'm yeah. new to this humanity thing. I've only been on Earth for six days. Can you help me? I'm still <laughs> teach me still learning to love. <laughs> teach me how not to be an asshole. Also, can I probe your asshole? <laughs> I mean, apparently, Paige, yeah, yes. She, the only thing she, she won't do is do kiss anything. on the mouth. Yeah. She's gonna help them steal our DNA. But I mean, oh she's crying. He I mean, she accepts the apology. I forgot what they do that night. They have sex. This is where she 
tells him about how she became a sex yes. worker. And she she may, I mean she says some really powerful lines here I think that really could speak to people yeah, like Yeah, this is people say bad things about you enough you start to believe them. Yes. And there's that and like you always believe the worst the bad stuff more than the good stuff. You can yeah. hear good stuff all day but it'll ruin a whole day just by hearing one bad mm-hmm. thing. It's like one of those post sex conversations you have when you're just first starting to get to know someone like inside and out, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that a pun? I mean, <laughs> sort of, but it is true. Like, like they're laying in bed post-sex having like a yeah. deep conversation. Yeah. And this is where she lists off all the jobs she did when she first got there. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I knew people that did all of oh, that. Oh, that's this what is it is, very... Paige. She's like comparing yeah. him to all the assholes she's dated. And yeah. she's like, I followed an asshole out here. You're an asshole. And like, this is how. And then she goes into all that. Yes. But like, I thought it was good that she like lumped him in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this is also a part of the movie where I started to get frustrated because there seems to be this idea that, quote, he has to save her and that he's so much better, but he is also a profoundly broken person. And a horrible dude. Like, he's a bad guy. Yes. I don't know if he's like, he's definitely broken. I don't think he's malicious. Just He's just so broken that he does malicious things. I tried to empathize. Yeah, I think he's a bad person in like his corporate life. Like in what he does for work, he's a bad person. Well, I, I think he's hurt people yeah. in his private life too, but just sure. by being so broken. Yeah. Is this when he talks about when he tells her she's really bright and she could be anything? Like what? Is this that conversation? Yeah. He gives her a lot yeah. of like genuine compliments of like, you're really smart. You know, you could be so much more. And like, yeah. I, but that's kind of a backhanded compliment. Though, I agree. For, and that's what I, I felt yeah. really weird about this conversation. And it didn't seem like they were falling in love at this point. It just seems like they were talking and having an intimate conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the idea that like you could be so much more implies that she is currently not. And that right. she's currently much, much less yes. than what her full mm-hmm. potential is. Right. Which is. First of all, part of me is just like, fuck you, broken Richard Gere. You don't know what anyone's potential is. Right. Secondly, that's not supposed, that shouldn't make her feel better. Like, that's not a compliment. And right? I don't think she did. I just think he, because I think she like asked some follow up questions. She does. Yeah. <laughs> they have this big intimate moment. And, I, and I'm probably projecting on this because this movie does a weird line straddle of the savior and like her saving herself which is it's such a weird well, conversations they have because he he does come off as condescending most of the time yeah well and I, f- I feel like this is one of those conversations that stops two lines short of being great where yeah. if if it had gone into the idea of her being like i have done the best with what i had which is mm-hmm. the reality the hand she was dealt she's done great yes mm-hmm. so for her to like counter his like but you could be for her to be like hey i am and did something cool mm-hmm. and my story's not over yet that's a different conversation he than the sh- one that they have should have like worded it differently like what do you want to be? Or like, what do you want out of like, yeah. What, what's next for you? What are your goals? Like, yeah. What, yeah. what are your dreams? Like, yeah. What are your, like, what's your, what are your dreams? Like tell, you know, tell yeah. them. She obviously has them by the end, but like, but also, you know, this is only his like second human conversation. So he's doing great. <laughs> he's new at all of this. Yeah. Well, this is him viewing her like a speculative investment instead of a person. Yeah. I agree. And I don't think there are too many emotions involved. Like I said, I don't think they're in love until, 
they're saying goodbye. I don't think there's actual phys- I don't think there's actual mutual affection until they're saying goodbye. The next day, I think he goes into work and she, she goes and like gets ready for their date that night. I, th- she, I think she has another scene with the hotel manager. I think so too. Yeah. But well, either- I think he helps her get the dress. Yeah. Yes. Like a formal dress. Yeah. I think they go somewhere and the manager's name is Hollister. And I thought it was great that Hollister makes an appearance before he quit that job and started his own store. So that was great. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if it was that one or in one of the other shopping montages, but it was a ridiculous uh, either way. So he like says, hey, I'm going to take you on this fancy date. So get a dress and she gets this red dress and then he comes in with that jewelry box and everyone knows the jewelry box scene, whether you've seen it or not. And like where it smashes her hand, which they laugh off. I think it's sort of a dick move, though. Like, I think it's a total dick move. Yeah, I don't I I don't think it's like a super dick. He like tries the hungry, hungry hippos her hand, man. (laughs) I think that scene was improvised and her laughter was like genuine. Like she was genuinely startled and taken back and laughed. I think so. I mean, it looks like it. I thought it was more playful. I thought it was playful. Sure, yeah. But anyway, so he puts the necklace on. She asks how much it's worth because he says it's on loan. Like, he did not buy it. And it's about $250,000, which I thought was insane for what she was wearing. Because it's not, I mean, it's nice. It's not awesome. It's not like, you know, buying a house in uh, Alabama by a lake awesome, you know? (laughs) But (laughs) but, I mean, it was rubies, I think, right? Yeah, sure. Um, But yeah, anyway, so then I, I guess he decided that there's no nice place to go in LA so I have to fly you to San Francisco so they go up to San Francisco to see the opera and I genuinely do think the binoculars thing like these are broken I do (laughs) think that's very funny and I laughed yeah. she really hard at that. Very well, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. But she ends up loving the opera. It's yes. her first time ever seeing it, and she connects to it emotionally and loves it. And then on the way out, <laughs> the, well, and he, he tells her something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, tells yeah. her something like, if you if opera like touches you the first time, it'll hold you forever. Like some bullshit about pretentious nonsense. Some elitist but, bullshit thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And as she's leaving, she runs into that old lady who asks if she. Enjoyed it, and she says it's so good I almost peed my pants. <laughs> and then the lady he, almost has a heart attack. Yeah, and he covers for her saying, "I liked it better than Pirates of Penzance," which is another opera. <laughs> well, I thought that was hilarious, and also cannot be true because Penzance is amazing. <laughs> the next day is the day that they he takes off, quote unquote, but he's still answering the phone while they're out that day. Yeah, what pisses me off the most is George Costanza is playing mini pool on his desk. That bitch yes. is not working. And then when he's told that Richard Gere isn't coming in, he's like, what? He's not going to come <laughs> into work today? I'm so busy playing pool. I'm like, you're not doing anything either, Costanza. Like, get <laughs> over it. He's got a beautiful woman to hang out with. I, like, love this scene at the park, though, because she makes him yeah, take off his shoes and socks to, like, feel the grass. Yeah. And then he mm. reads to her. It's so sweet. They read Shakespeare. Gets- it's legit mm. Shakespeare. Yeah. She gets hot dogs. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, she does. And at the end of the day, she's like, he's like tuckered out where he's like just sitting up in the bed asleep. He's an old man. He can't <laughs> keep up with her. He's a robot. <laughs> he shuts down for the night. <laughs> oh, man. But she is in this gorgeous lingerie and yeah. kisses yeah. him. So the rules have changed. On the mouth, page. On the, On the mouth. mouth. And then we see her nips. Yes. But only for like a second, though. Oh, yeah, he's, she's not Richard Gere. We're not going to dwell on <laughs> yeah. it. Nobody yeah. wants to see that page. Yeah. That, that happened just by mistake. Yeah. So they have <laughs> sex. They fall asleep. And she's still awake and says, 
I love you. Yeah, but so is Richard Gere. You can see him awake behind her, and he yeah. does not say it. He pretends to be asleep, which is mm-hmm. a real Mikey move. When that happens and Mikey's still there, <laughs> he thinks to himself, oh, I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> it's also, it's been less than a week. Yeah. Less than a week. Yeah, man. It happens quick, Paige. When you know, you know. Paige, they're like, and they're doing like summer camp rules because they're spending like 24 7 together. That's true, yeah, man. But even still, like six days is not long enough to know someone and make decisions about your life based on them. No, not at all. No. Which is why I like the ending before where they were, they were making decisions about their own lives based on their interactions yes. with how it changed people. Yes, yes, agreed. Now, the next day is when he's like, I would like to see you again. And he's trying to convince her to basically come back to New York. Yes. And he's still trying to buy her. He still doesn't understand. And she's trying to make him understand that, like, no, I have feelings for you. And if all you want of me is to be in this kind of employee purchased relationship. I'm not interested. She draws a clear boundary and he doesn't understand it. Yes. Yeah. And he doesn't get it and still tries to buy her the entire time. And then like just keeps offering her more money and is like, Oh, she'll take it. Like as if she's just going to go to New York and sit around and wait for his dick. I hate it. He wants her to be a kept woman in New York. She'll Which, have an apartment, yes. she'll and, have a car, whatever, man. He's the worst. And I liked that he didn't understand why she was saying no and that she clearly was saying no because this is the same thing as I'm doing now. Yeah. Yes. And he says to her, I never treated you like a prostitute. And she's like, you just did. Yeah. Like, th- I think <laughs> that's he's what's like, so f- that's how I treated my ex-girlfriend and my ex-wife. Yeah. And that's how I treat my business associates. Yeah, but so it all clicks at that moment for he him. He was like, like why he- don't you talk to my secretary about this? Right. <laughs> well, this is, I think what frustrates me about this movie is it comes so close to, like, having a meaningful understanding of this complicated relationship, and then it throws it all away at the end. Oh, you mean because he never really understands what he did wrong? Yes. So he goes to the meeting and basically torpedoes his own meeting. He changes the terms of the buyout, and George Costanza is fucking pissed. So he goes to the hotel room to try and find him. And I will say... He connects with the grandfather. They talk about emotions, and he's like, I want to build something with you. I like you. Right. You do see some change in his business. You see change in his business, and and he's like making jokes and acting more human (laughs) in this business meeting with the grandfather, which I liked. I was like, okay, so he's learning because she says the words like helping people you you like helping people it may, it's so she like implies that he's not happy doing what he's doing but he would be happy helping people are building things and, th- and right. like doing something productive would make him happy and yeah. he like learns about that throughout the week which i like i was like if that was his character growth I would have liked yeah, that. Me too. Yes, but you're right. George Costanza gets pissed and leaves and tries to go find him. Gets pissed and leaves, tries to go find him, goes to the hotel, straight up tries to rape Julia Roberts. Like, yeah. jumps on top of her. Like, first off, smacks her across the face, and then when she falls to the floor, like, gets on top of her. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. gross. It's it's pretty graphic, too, because she's yelling no. I mean, she's yelling no, 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 and he's, like, trying. He's pawing at her. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard Gere gets there just in time. Yeah, and he handles the fuck out of George. Yeah. Throws him out. This is the first time he defends her against him. Yes. Yeah. And there's three or four scenes beforehand that led up to the attitude in this scene where Richard Gere had the chance to step in and just stands by. Mm-hmm. So it is nice to finally see him take some action. Yeah, I agree. But she still leaves. But he doesn't fire him. He just tells yes. him to get out of here. That I man know. is still his lawyer. Like, it really yeah. bothered me he did not fire him. She's going to see him again. Yeah. So she leaves. She goes back to her apartment, which is the realest Los Angeles apartment I've ever seen. No, 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 no. He 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 puts oh, the peas right, in her right, face right. and they yeah. have the conversation of, like, do they teach all boys to hit girls, like, right across the, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, some guys don't hit. Yeah, some yeah. guys aren't like that. I, I'm not like that at all. And I do like, as she's leaving, he like says, stay the night with me, not because I'm paying you, but because you want to. I legit got like yeah. a little tear right at that point. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, such a sap for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's like, no. No, I'm leaving. She's yeah. like, if you don't want a relationship, no. Like, and I, I understand that clear why. clear boundaries. Yeah, I understand why she says no. It just, like, I did start crying a little bit. <laughs> she communicates great. Yeah. He gives her the money and then, like, yeah, she leaves. She leaves back to, like I said, the most realistic Los Angeles apartment ever. Yeah. And she's talking with her roommate and gives her roommate some money. She catches up. She, like, catches up on rent or whatever. And then she's, like, planning to, uh, she's going to San Francisco. San Francisco. And she wants to get a job and go to, and, and, like, finish high school. Which, like, hearing that, I was like, okay, I love this. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. End the movie here. <laughs> like, great. Yes, she's going to use this to get ahead. He has been somewhat changed, maybe. But regardless, we're following her and her right. journey. And then he just rolls up knight in shining armor like, yo, I'm in a limo. Why did I leave you behind? Or I guess he like wanders around the balcony for a bit. Well, okay, so earlier in the film, she talks about her mom used to lock her in the attic when she was in trouble, which troubling. Uh, And then uh, she (laughs) said she would pretend to be a princess locked away and she would always want a, a knight in white shining armor to rescue her. And then when he shows up, he's like, well, what happens after the knight rescues you? And he's like. She does say, well, the sh- you, you know, I rescue the night or whatever, which is like yeah. the throwaway line they add in to be like, look, it's equal. But it, it just did not yeah. do it enough. Yeah. Well, and also he's afraid of heights, which they established earlier. So he, she, he has to climb the fire escape, which he is scared to do or whatever, I guess. Yeah. Oh, so like, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. But he always buys the highest thing because it's the best. Yeah. Right. The penthouse is always on the top floor. Yeah. If it was on the first floor, I'd, I'd be there. But I mean, anyway, yeah. so he climbs the fire escape, showing that he's okay to overcome some arbitrary thing. I mean, he, I'm afraid of heights, too. I get that. But like, I don't know. It bothered me. This whole ending bothered me a lot. Yeah, because I don't have a confidence that she is going to still be able to achieve the things that she wants to achieve if she goes with him. I no. think the expectation is that she's just going to be a kept woman. Yeah, because they and, don't have and- a conversation of, I'm sorry I offered to make you a kept woman. Will you come back and be my girlfriend? You know, yeah. like they don't yes. have that conversation. I know they don't explicitly have that conversation, but I feel like her character would not live that life. And I I, I believe it 100 percent just because of Julia Roberts. She sold the movie for me. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. even if she goes with him, she would not agree to those terms and she would walk out at any moment she disagreed. Yeah. Well, so let's do you want to get into some some numbers first or do we want to talk about are they still together? Let's, well, since we're talking about the ending, let's do if there are. Are they still? together? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. What do you guys think? 
I will go first. I mm. think she goes back with him. They like are together for a while, but I think she is definitely trying to better herself, like yeah. going to school, like learning things and, and like, like gets and develops further dreams and goals and stuff. And he eventually just cannot understand it. And she is like, <laughs> has to spell out, like you need to make these changes to have like a real relationship. And she leaves and like is successful. Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly what happened is that, you know, she goes along with it for a while, but they outgrow each other. Yes, I would agree. I think he tells all of his friends that she used him for his money when all she really did was just like, I don't think he's that kind of guy. I think I I think they grow apart and I think they stay close friends. I'm a romantic. Yeah, I I, I I, do think they stay friends. I I I think they stay friends. That's fair because he stays friends with the other ex too. So you might be right. Yeah. He's never like malicious to his exes. And and I think he understands that she wants that. And I think he's trying to, and maybe he finds that later, but he's going to grow at a separate pace. I don't know. I I feel like they probably didn't work out, but they, she still encouraged him to grow and change because she's Mm -hmm. like such a good person. And she probably was like, you know, you need to get in philanthropy. Like she would encourage him, but like, you know, we can't, I'm not going to be your possession or whatever. Now. I mean, it's kind of stupid to be like, would you date here? I think we'd all date her. She's great. Yeah. She Uh, she is great. Yeah. And I don't think any of us would date a robot. Richard Gere? No, no, not really. I'm just not attracted to Richard Gere at all. I'm just not in a gerbil play, and I feel like that's like 80% yeah. of what we'd have to do, and I'm out. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I pretty much fell in love with Julia Roberts throughout this film. She's I, great. She's fantastic yeah. in this movie, yes. All yeah. right, well, let's talk some numbers. Let's talk some numbers. So, uh, the penthouse of the Beverly Wilshire Hotel oh, God. currently retails... Uh, it starts at $25,000 per night. What? <laughs> what? Adjust it, and that's not including room service, concierge service, anything. It starts at $25,000. It is the second most expensive hotel room in the world. Oh, Adjusted my for God. 1990 inflation, it would have still cost him $12,674.70 per night. Uh, and he was there and all week. And he's haggling over $4,000. I know. That's oh. insane. Yes. Now, let's talk about her living situation for a little bit. So she lives in a studio apartment. Uh, she lives conservatively uh, between Franklin and Fountain uh, and likely between Gower and uh, La Cienega. So that's it's like a very specific block of, right. of places. So I actually pulled numbers for a few different places. Um, currently, the most affordable studios, and because she would be looking for the most affordable, sure. were between 1500 and 1800 a month. That's not as bad as I thought it would be. I, I was actually kind of surprised as well, but it is a studio, yeah. which may or may not have a kitchen. Like, they have a fairly nice studio in a less nice part of town. They were further east. Okay. I think they were closer to Gower, so I kind of pulled numbers kind of closer there. Um, adjusting for 1990s inflation, that would have been about $800. Now, I think that's actually high uh, because when I moved to Hollywood in 2010, um, it was about that. It was like 900 for like a studio, depending on where you were looking. Right. And then it sharply increased. Housing has gone more than inflation. Yeah. So I bet it was like four to 500. Yes. Yeah. I was suspecting probably four to six. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think at least it's it's a realistic living situation for her current occupation. I my first apartment in, in Hollywood was a studio and it was about that size. Yeah. Um, now, it was just me. 
Yeah, she does have a roommate. She does have a roommate, but I knew so many people that had roommates in studios like that. Like, that was very much the norm. Um, They do have a kitchen and a bathroom, so, like, it is an apartment. It's just not a very well-kept apartment, which is pretty standard for Hollywood. Uh, A lot of the buildings have been there since the 20s or 30s in some cases. Sure. And so they're just old. You know, and that seemed to be the case for their apartment as well. Their apartment actually looked like it fell right along Fountain near the Scientology Center. Mm. I've been there. Yeah. But that's where I think their apartment was, either there or on the upside above Hollywood Boulevard on Franklin. But yeah, so that those are some numbers. Let's do some box office. Yeah, let's talk box office. This was a hit, obviously. Clearly. Now, what do you think the production budget was for this movie, though? I think this movie cost, let's see, in 1990. Yeah. She's not a star. He wasn't really a star. I'm going to call this about $8 million. All right, Mikey, you want to take a guess? I accidentally read it. Okay. Uh, so it's $14 million. Okay, so it wasn't that far. Yeah, it's, it's honestly not that expensive for what is a huge smash hit. You're right. I mean, yes. um, domestically, its opening weekend was March 23rd, 1990, and it made $11. Point two million dollars. That's amazing. Yeah, it was the number one movie that week. It came out. It beat The Hunt for Red October, Joe versus the Volcano, Driving also Miss a Daisy. Great movie. I yeah, love yeah. that movie. Agree, agreed. It also beat Driving Miss Daisy and House Party. Those that was the top Ooh. five that week. But it went on to make a hundred and seventy-eight million dollars domestically and worldwide. Ooh. It made four hundred and thirty-two million dollars. That was in nineteen ninety. So if you adjust for inflation, that's a shitload. I can look it up if you want. I Hang believe on. I believe it's the the most grossing romantic comedy of all time. Oh yeah, that's approximately seven million if you adjust for inflation. Um, seven seven hundred seven hundred million if you adjust for inflation. Yeah, so that's insane. Yeah. That's yeah, great. That is wild. Yeah, and maybe it's just culture and time. I after finishing this movie, I was honestly baffled that so many people liked it yeah i think it is culture in time it's it was a very yeah. this is like what a little over 30 years ago yeah so i really liked it <laughs> <laughs> i think this is oh i think God. this might be a rare instance where you're seeing things that aren't actually on the screen <laughs> yeah yeah mikey little projection from mikey i just really like julia roberts man i mean she is I, great it's just not yeah, a she good is movie. Great like, this. the message of this movie is not a great one. They definitely could have clarified it a bit. It got a little murky. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like there's a ton of scenes in this movie that are two lines away from being great. Yeah, that's how I feel like. Yeah. Maybe, like, back in the 90s, this was like, wow, this is, like, cutting-edge, like, progressive stuff. Yeah. And maybe it just hasn't aged well with us. I don't know, like... I don't know. I feel like there's so many instances of him just like not viewing her as a person that just like ate away at me slowly as I watched it. So, yeah, yeah. But, you know, men are terrible. Men are terrible. <laughs> I agree with that 100 percent. That is an accurate statement. Yes. It's like a man in 1990, like double terrible. A rich man in 1990. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of rich men in history, do you want to talk about what we're watching next week? <laughs> yeah. So, Paige, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching Shakespeare in Love. Yes. Oscar oh. nominated. I feel like people get treated like people more in that movie than they did in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but in order for that person to get treated like a person, she has to dress as a male. So... We'll dig into yeah, all yeah, of yeah. that stuff, I'm sure. Absolutely. And and how many crystals we think that Gwyneth Paltrow was stashing in her snatch the entire time. It was a hit. So she must have been doing something right. I don't know. 
I thought you meant the little burgers for a second. <laughs> you mean like the Crystal's restaurant? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's like White but Castle. It's called like White Castle. Castle. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call oh, it Crystal's okay. in, in Nashville. Yeah, in the, in the oh, South. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, we don't have White Castle either. But oh, sorry. That, yeah. There you go. Okay. It's like Smashburger, but, but if Smashburgers were terrible and not great. <laughs> True. Uh, and, and shoved up inside somebody's body. Um, yeah. I was like, where's this going? No, I was referring to Goop. <laughs> yes. Then I remember she puts Jade in there. Jade eggs. Ugh. All right, guys. So uh, watch. Uh, well, I guess the episode's out now. So go binge it. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, go listen to that episode. <laughs> this episode is more or less done. Yeah. But if you want, yes. if you want to listen to our other podcast, Mikey and I are on the Horror Virgin podcast. And Paige, do you want to tell them what other podcasts you're on? Because you're on a few. I'm on a few. I'm on Cult Podcast, obviously, Absolutely. and then Black Card Rehab. Feel free to check both of those out on all platforms. They are nice. both fantastic. Fantastic podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, guys, go listen to uh, the next one. You you pick. I don't care. You're an adult. I don't own you. I didn't pay $3,000 to tell you what to listen to next. Get some chocolate ice cream and a blanket oh, yeah. and make a night of it. Yeah, curl up. Get real close to one of your pets. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>